listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. I'm going to talk to you this morning. Um, I'm going to talk to the men. That doesn't mean that women, you get to shut off. Please don't shut off. I, but but um, last Sunday I was in worship and uh, I heard the Lord say, next Sunday you will speak to the men. And I said, God, no, 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 no. Not because not I don't want to speak to you and not because I um, don't think that I'm anointed to. I do. But the reality is, is I'm not a man. <laughs> Revelation for you today. <laughs> if, if we could leave now, right? <laughs> But the reality is, is I don't know what it's like to be a man. Just like you don't know what it's like to be a woman and to carry the things that women carry. I don't know what it's like for a man. I do know that in society today, more and more men get mocked. More and more men don't know how to be masculine or men or where do I fit because of the things that have arisen, because of feminism, because of all the things have gone to more and more put men down. Were there things that need to be exposed? Absolutely, absolutely. There were things that needed to come to the surface and things that were unjust and and wrong, those things needed to be addressed. But there have places where you see it more and more where Men have been asked to step aside. And so I don't know what it's like, but I do see it. And I knew very clearly that Sunday morning that God had said to speak to the men, but I felt an urgency in it. And so I hope you take urgency as when I speak today. And I also wanna say this, I mean no disrespect when I speak to you today. I honor you, I respect you, and I'm humbled that God would ask me to do this, even though I didn't want to, <laughs> but I am humbled. My, um, my dad taught me something when I was a little girl, and, he, and it was something he said to me often. He said, there is a difference between being a female and a woman. A female is the gender you were born with, but a woman is something you choose to become. A woman is something that you choose little by little to carry the grace that God put on woman to walk it out in your character, in your lifestyle, in the way you carry yourself, in the way you press into God. That's what makes a woman. And I, and I remembered that, I've always remembered that. Am I, am I doing what I need to do to become the woman, the, the position? There's a gracing on women. To be women, there's a gracing for that. Am I doing what needs to, to be done to position myself in the grace and the anointing of woman? I don't think that changes with man. That there is male, and then there's becoming a man. 
in Ezekiel, God said, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a man. And he said, but I couldn't find any. Was he saying there was no males on the earth? No, he was saying there was no men. I'm looking for a man. So we're going to talk about the position, the godly position, the God-appointed position of man. Let's go to Genesis 1. Then God said, uh, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He's talking to males and females right now. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on earth goes on to say a few more things but for sake of time I got a lot of ground to cover so he's saying to the men and the women to the males and the females I have I have placed on you to subdue the earth to be fruitful and multiply subdue the earth and have dominion okay male and female Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it, verse 15, sorry. To tend and watch over, to tend and keep it. Another version says to guard and protect it. So he took man, he created man first, and he put him in the garden. The garden was his home, okay? This was his home. And he says, I want you to guard and protect this. Tend and keep it. When you think of tending a garden, you're watching for uh, weeds, you're watching for bugs, you're making sure it's growing, you're watering it, you're fertilizing, you're doing all the things. You're guarding and protecting it. What What was he guarding and protecting from? There was a serpent in the garden. Because we see that in Genesis 3. So he says, Adam, this is your job. Guard and protect the garden. Make sure nothing gets in. Keep watch over it. Tend it. Make sure there's life coming forth. And this was what he gave to Adam as the man. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the good of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day you eat it you shall surely die so God gives him an instruction of what he is to do and then he commands him what he is not to do what was he doing he was speaking to him and giving him revelation of how to lead how to how to guard and protect how to um, how to carry out his home He gave him revelation. He didn't give him a reason. 
And what, what so often happens is all of us, we try to reason the word of the Lord. And sometimes there is no reason. Or excuse me, sometimes we don't get to know the reason. So, so God gives Adam a revelation, don't touch that. Verse eight, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground of the Lord, God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call him. I love that. He forms all of these things and he brings them to Adam. It's like he parades them in front of Adam and then God sees, what are you gonna call it, Adam? I just think it's cool. I have no deep revelation. I just think that so cool that God wants to partner with us. He makes these animals and then, here, Adam, what are you gonna name it? And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. It says the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Adam was not lonely. Adam had a mandate that we read in Genesis 1 to carry out, to subdue, to have dominion. And he couldn't do it alone. He needed someone to come in his position and in her position. And, 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 and not one is better than the other since they were comparable to one another in their positions to carry it out together. You see, men, men have a position in the natural to give forth. We see this in, in intercourse. They give forth. What do women do? They receive and carry. Could women become pregnant without men? A medical system, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> could women become pregnant? No. Could, could men carry babies without women? Not one is more significant than the other, but both needed together to fulfill what God has called. Be fruitful and multiply. So it is in the spiritual. Be fruitful and multiply. Men have a position, women have a position. Anointed position, God-given position. So then, then I'll, just, I'll just skip a little bit, but uh, God causes a deep sleep to come on Adam. We know this, he forms Eve out of his side. Eve shows up, Adam wakes up, he sees her and he's like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And he calls her woman, why? Is a, she is a man with a womb to carry, to carry. But important is God created man first and we'll get there. I don't know why it's clicking. If it keeps clicking, I can switch. So then we'll go to chapter three of Genesis.
So when the woman saw the tree, verse 6, was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. After the serpent had deceived her, you can eat it, it'll be fine, you'll be more like God, blah, 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 she takes it. Then she gave it to her husband, and all of a sudden their eyes were open, and they're like, oh my gosh, what is all of this? And then they go hiding, and they're hiding from God, and God shows up in the garden. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They were hiding themselves in their own home. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. And then God talks to Eve and he talks to the serpent and he talks to Adam. But what I want to point out here is God shows up in the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? He doesn't ask for Eve. He says, where are you? And when he was asking the question, he wasn't asking locationally, Adam, where are you? I'm at this tree. Oh, you're over there in the east. Okay, I'll come. That wasn't what was going on. He was asking him positionally, where are you? You were charged to guard and to keep, to tend and protect. Where are you? Adam had left his position, his anointed, graced, God-given position to tend and keep the home. Let's go to Abraham. Skip down to Genesis, uh, verse 18. So men have a responsibility that God gave you to guard and protect, to tend and to keep your home. As a man, that is your position. You, you personally, you know, Wayne, personally, Wayne has a calling on his life to fulfill other things. It's his personal calling, but as a man, he is to guard and keep his home, to tend and protect. That's his position. Genesis 18, we're going to look at Abraham and how he guarded and protected. Verse 16. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom and, and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 
for I have known him. In order, for I have known him. Look at this very carefully. For I have known him. In order that he may command his children and his household after him. That they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So first things he says, for I have known him. For I have known him. He speaks of Abraham being intimate with the Father. You can, you can say, I know Megan, and you know my name, Megan. But there's a difference when you have sat in my presence and we've had heart-to-heart conversations where you can say, I know her. I know Megan. God is saying, for I have known Adam. And let me tell you, men, there is a position as man. There is a position in your household that God wants to speak to you individually for he has known you. He wants to know you. There's a place that he draws you in to intimacy. A specific thing that he would say to you. But he says, for I have known him because... that he might command his children and his household after him. That he, might, that he might tell his household, this is the way we walk. That he would lead his household in, this is how we're walking. This is the way that we're going. And let me, let me say this, whether you like it or not, because of the position God's placed you in, your children will follow you. Godly or not, your children will follow you. He says, I have known Abraham so that I could specifically talk to him about some things regarding his family so that his children will follow after. It's not condemnation, okay? Don't, you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, no. God's a redeemer. This is a call. This is a call. This is a course correction. So, So he says that he would command his children to follow after him. And then it says that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Righteousness talks about your position with God, your right standing with God. We are the righteousness of Christ, okay? That that you would teach them, that you would show them your position in Christ. But then that you would show them that we obey the Lord that we listen for his voice, that we follow after him. Let me say this. There are a lot of powerful, wonderful, God-fearing women here. And it's amazing. Hearts after God, it's wonderful. And I think that there's some men that think, I'm not that. I don't know as much as her. I don't pray as much as her. I don't intercede. No, no, no. None of that matters. You've been positioned. You've been positioned. So it it looks like, hey kids, hey kids, let me pray before you go to bed. How's your heart doing, kids? Are you listening to God? It It doesn't have to be profound. It's just walking in your position that understand, I command my household. This is that you might teach them righteousness 
your obedience to Christ and that you might teach them justice. That's how you treat other people. That's your kindness. How do you honor other people? How do you respect? That's what you teach them. Can I just stop and, is this annoying? Is it clicking lots? No? Okay. So then in verse 19, it says, at the end, it says that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had spoken to him. He says, I want you to do these things, Abraham, so that the Lord may bring to you what I've spoken. What did he speak? Verse 18. Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. God, God had placed a promise and a calling over Abraham that this is what will happen, but your family has to be in order. And when it's in order, this is what flows out of it. And we have to be really careful, men, that, our, that we recognize that we have a position. Can I, can I tell you something that... If the husband has abdicated his role, the woman will feel insecure. She'll feel insecure. Because it's your position. And so then they'll step into this place to try to guard and protect when it's not their position to step into. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, one imitate me just as I also imitate Christ now I praise you brethren that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ and that the head of every woman is man and at the head of Christ is God When he's talking about head, he's saying source. It's the source. It's what comes forth. It's the, it's the source. It's not the, the, the ruler over like it has been translated before. It's the source. You're the source. Verse 8 says, For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor can man, nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. Okay, before you get upset about this, ladies. He's talking about Genesis. Back in Genesis, where woman came from man. Right? Woman came from the man. And then it says, but uh, man isn't for the woman, woman's for the man. What happened in Genesis? God said, this guy needs help. 
he's, he's alone. He needs a helper. And so then, he, so woman was created, like in Genesis, to come and fulfill the call of God. So all of that talking that says, I'm, I'm just created to please the man. No, 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 no. Nevertheless, neither is a man, verse 11, neither is a man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For a woman came from man, but even so, a man also comes from the woman. But all things are from God. Same thing. Women came from man, but then man came forth from woman, right? Women give birth to sons. So he's saying that all of the things are from God. It's all a position, but Adam was still created first. And I shouldn't say but. There's no buts. Also, or I don't know. Adam was created first as the foundation. As the stability. And foundations aren't often seen, but you sure do know about them when they're cracked. It is important. And I think that the urgency that I felt in my heart was through the pressures of life or things that have gone on that there's a lot of men that have gone into hiding. In, uh, in First Kings, I won't go to it, but I'll just... Well, we can, we can go to First Kings. I'll skip another verse instead. First Kings 20, I don't know if I wrote it down. First Kings 20, 39, it says, there's a war going on. There's a battlefield, a cool fight scene, if you guys like war movies. It's a massive fight scene going on, and a king passed by, and the prophet called out to him and said, Sir, I was in the thick of the battle, and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner, and he said, Guard this man. If for any reason he gets away, you will either die or pay a fine of 75 pounds of silver. He says, but while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. He's given an instruction that says, in the middle of battle, in the middle of things going on, guard this man. If you don't guard this man, you'll lose your own life. You'll lose yourself. And then he says, but I got busy. I got distracted. I got whatever. And I lost them. And I think the Lord would come today and say, Men, 
did you lose yourself? In the middle of battle, in the middle of distraction, in the middle of whatever is going on in the world, did you, did you lose your position? When I was at the Minister's Network like Wayne, I spoke on this, and I'll present it to you today. It's from the story of Elijah when Elijah had done all of these crazy things, like call down fire from heaven, and all these prophets died, and all these just amazing he just saw like the miracles and the wonders of God and he's like what you know amazing things and then there was like a cloud the size of a man's hand and he called rain and it just like crazy stuff happens and then all of a sudden he hears Jezebel say one thing she says if I don't do to you if I don't kill you I hope I die and Elijah hears these words and he goes running. He takes off running and he goes right into hiding. He's exhausted. He wants to die. He says, God, take me now. Literally take me now. This is too much. And I feel that for someone this morning that that's your inner, it's your inner thing. God hears you, you're saying, I don't wanna do this anymore. But listen to this, an angel shows up, Elijah lays down and he's like, just let me sleep, just let me sleep. And an angel shows up and feeds him and says, get up, get up, get up. And Elijah drinks and he eats and he goes back to sleep. And an angel shows up again and feeds him and says, get up. But he says this, you have a long journey ahead of you. Get up. And for the men who have given up, because of whatever was said about you or happened to you or hurt you, or exhausted you. Your journey is not done yet. Get up. Elijah gets up and he starts walking. He's still running. He, he shows up at the mountain to a cave. And God shows up and says this, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is not where you're supposed to be. And Elijah says a whole bunch of stuff, but the, he starts off with, I've done everything. I'm paraphrasing, you can read it, but I've done everything, but he does say this, but the people the people. I'm here because of that.
and then God does some miraculous things, sends, sends wind and, and, and sends fire, all these things. And then it says, he wasn't in any of that. He was in this still, small voice. And Elijah comes out of the cave. And I hear God whispering this to you today. He says it again. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he says, I've done all this, but the, but the people. And I hear this in my heart, the men, I, 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 tried, all, I tried all the things. I, I tried to follow. I, I, I tried the religion thing. I, I tried that. I tried to be a godly man. I, I, tr I tried. I got hurt. I got disappointed. I got shamed. I got exhausted. Life. And God says this to him, go back, go back. And then he begins to list the people that would come along the way. There's people, you, you need to go back. There's people that you, that you need to speak into. There's people that you need to anoint. There's another generation that is to come up, men, go back we know from this is where God shows up and says Elijah go back he went and anointed excuse me anointed Elisha his predecessor the next generation that would come forth but Elijah could not reach that generation he could not reach those people in hiding How's the time, men? I, th I thought of the verses I was studying of God saying, I'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. That it, that's this time now. That your hearts are turning now. What are you doing here? The story of Deborah, I'm just hitting all the stories this morning. <laughs> the story of Deborah. She shows up when the warriors had gone to sleep. They quit fighting in battle own discouragement and she shows up and the warriors they begin to arise they get back into battle 
Men, it's time to arise. You've been fitted for battle. You may not think that you have the goods inside of you. Oh, but you do because it's your position. It's your God-given authority. You just got to stand back in that position. So I ask you this today. Maybe some of you are sitting there and you're like, I'm good. Okay. Ask yourself this. Just like God showed up and said, Adam, where are you? Where, where are you? Where am I in this? Is there some, is there some correction that I need to do? Where am I, God? Am I not fully standing in the position? I know that there I know that there are men that are hurting Actually Wayne actually I think you have a word come please to the men to hurting men Wayne's like I do <laughs> to hurting men, yeah. Um, to those of you who have places in your life that you won't go, places in your heart, places you've been to that you don't want to revisit because it just hurts too much. God's saying this morning that if you will take him there, he will heal that. There are so many of us, like Pastor said, that have been hurt along the way. And instead of dealing with the hurt, we just buried it because that's what men do. The problem is, time doesn't heal those wounds and when you bury them they will come back up at the worst possible moment and you will hurt the ones that you love the most and so God wants to deal with those he wants to heal those pains and some of them were long past when God took me through it I went back to when I was started when I was eight years old actually I started the day I was born but most of what God had to heal in my past was between when I was 8 and 15 years old. And God took me back there and healed it. And maybe there's some things, because healing is in layers, and you think you've got something dealt with, and then God says, well, not really. There's this over here. And so, but please, um, 
allow God to take you back and heal those spots. And, and what, what, for me, I had to go back to those spots and relive them. And I cried and I cried, but I gave it to God. And he healed those. And I cry when I talk about it, not because it hurts, but because God was kind enough to heal it. Because I was his, I would have died his, he had me. But he decided to heal it. And he decided to heal it for me. And I am so honored that he would do that. But he wants to do that for everybody. And so, when you think about the things in your past that hurt the most, maybe it's the death of a loved one, maybe it's something somebody did to you, somebody said, somebody... Allow God to take you back there and then give it to him and let him look after it. You know, and if tears come, let them. I mean, there's a lot of healing in tears. And that's been scientifically proven. There's endorphins and there are cortisone in tears. So it releases stress and it numbs the pain a little bit. But just give it to God. Give what you have hurt, what has hurt you. Give it to him and let him heal it. And if you need help with that, I mean, call the office. We'll, we'll gladly sit down with you and help you with it if, if you just don't know what to do. But you need to open your heart. When God did it for me, he said, I want to take you on a journey. I'm going to take your hand on a journey you don't want to go on, but you need to. And he's saying that to you today. He'll take you on the journey, even though you don't want to go back there. But if God takes you back there, it's going to be good. It'll hurt. All operations hurt. But it'll be good. Amen. Thanks, Wayne. I heard this said once that I'm trying to say it properly because it just came in my head, but the enemy has always tried to kill the man. The man, because he was after the seed. He's always tried to lock women up, but he tried to kill the man. I just heard God say this morning, no, not my men. Not my men. that there's a rising up of my men, of my fathers, that will lead this generation, that will step into their position and into their authority. And there will be nations that will be affected. So can we do this, can the men stand up please? I'm just going to pray. I'm not. I'd say this, do whatever you can. Whatever God's speaking to you, what he, or do what you know to do. If you're like, I, I need help, get help, get help. No shame in that. If you need to call us, do that. 
do whatever it takes because now is the time. There's an urgency in this time. So Father, I pray over every man here, every man online, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that there is a healing taking place where there have been warriors that have been wounded, they have been laid down, they've been exhausted, maybe some of them have wanted to die. I just cancel that in the name of Jesus where the enemy has tried to stop them from stepping into their position. I break the power of it right now in the name of Jesus and I say that there is a strengthening coming again for the warriors to arise in the name of Jesus. A strengthening that will happen as they step into their position in Jesus name. In Jesus name. And Father, I thank you that there is a passion like they've never had in their life rising up for the things of the kingdom. That they will guard and they will protect their homes. That they will nurture, that they will tend to their homes in the name of Jesus. They will lead their families in the name of Jesus. And their voices will not be hindered any longer in Jesus' name. But there is a sound that is coming forth from the man that will release things in the atmosphere. There is a boldness that's coming forth. And there is worship that's coming forth. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for a refreshing and a restoring of things lost over them. In Jesus' name, we call for the warriors to arise now in Jesus' name. God, bless these men. Bless what they've carried. Bless the things that they've done. Bless them, God. Bless the work of their hands. In Jesus' name, let them know that they are seen and that they are loved by you. In Jesus' name, and that they are not alone. I pray over the women that stand next to them that they, that they won't be naggers, but they will be loving encouragers that stand with them, that encourage them, that love them, that champion them to run the race in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Adam. about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.